Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. Second Chronicles chapter 25, and give me an amen once you are there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much again this evening for all that you've done, Lord, and all that you're doing. You're the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. You made the heavens and the earth. Lord, what a gorgeous day you gave us today, Lord. Skies were blue, the grass green, and it's just a beautiful day for us to enjoy. And Lord, as we're wrapping up our day by coming into your house, Lord, we're grateful to do so because this is your house. And you said in your word that where two or more are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of us. And so, Father, speak to us through your word. We need your help. Holy Spirit, guide us. Give us humble hearts. Pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, so here in 2 Chronicles 25, we have another king on the throne, Amaziah. And again, with the kings in 1 and 2 Chronicles and 1 and 2 Kings, the story goes the same, that those kings that would honor the Lord, their kingdoms would be blessed, their lives would be blessed. But in contrast, those kings who would choose to not honor the Lord, but to be like the world and to worship the pagan idols of the world, uh, their kingdoms would come under judgment and not be good. And so uh, it doesn't change in the story tonight. Amaziah, we read in verse 1, it says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. And so Amaziah is the son of Joash, and uh, we know that Joash went out very terribly, that he turned away from the Lord. King Joash uh, walked with the Lord as long as the priest Jehoiada was alive. Jehoiada was really the spiritual backbone to the kingdom of Judah. And as long as he was alive, uh, King Joash did well. And so his walk with the Lord wasn't really truly for himself, but really uh, for his mentor Jehoiada the priest. But as you know, Jehoiada, the priest, lived a long life. He was blessed, full of days. Uh, But then he died, and uh, the leaders of Judah came around King Joash, and and they convinced him to worship the pagan gods, to turn from the Lord. And the priest's son, Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, came to the people in Jerusalem and to the king and warned them all, to turn back to the Lord. Because they had forsaken God, God had forsaken them, he told them. And then King Joash commanded that 
he be stoned. And so they killed Jehoadah's son, Zechariah, which was basically his stepbrother, if you will, because Jehoadah the priest raised him. So what he did was very treacherous. And the Bible tells us that he did not remember the kindness that his father Jehoadah had shown to him. So a very treacherous act. Well, they conspired against him, as you know, and they killed him. And so now this is his son, Amaziah, who was 25 years old when he uh, becomes king. And he will reign for 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name, as we read, was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. And just that statement alone is, is kind of hard to understand. What do you mean he did what was right in, in the Lord's eyes, but not with a loyal heart? I believe that Amaziah was, was following in his father, King Joash's footsteps. That he did what was right in the sight of the Lord as long as it suited him. If it suited him, if it made the people happy, this is my assumption. We're not told, guys, so I'm telling you this is what I believe, and you can believe what you believe, but I think that he just did what was right as long as it suited him, but he did not do it with a loyal heart. And we know that God desires from every Christian to have a loyal heart towards him, right? Our Lord and Savior, our King Jesus Christ, showed his faithfulness and his loyalty to all of us when he gave his life on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead for our justification. And he's at the right hand of the Father praying for us, praying that we would be loyal as he was loyal. And we know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be pretty good. Amen? And so the word loyal, according to Webster's 1828, it means to be faithful to a prince or to a superior. To be faithful to a prince or to a superior. True to plighted faith. The word plighted, which I don't know what, what it means until I looked it up. It means pledged. So it means to be true to a pledged faith. And that that's, a, that's loyalty, right? We all made a pledge to follow Jesus Christ. Are we loyal to that pledge? Are we faithful to it? it? It means to be faithful to duty. It means to be faithful in our love and not treacherous. We get a little opposite of loyalty, right? It's to be treacherous. Joash was treacherous to the Lord. His son Amaziah uh, followed the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. And he too would do some treachery in his life. God desires loyalty from us, as I said. In this book, one of the greatest lines concerning loyalty is quoted in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's a promise, not just to Israel or, or, or to our story, 
but it's a promise to all believers. God, in all of his wisdom, in all of his power and might, if we want to know what he's doing right now, we just read what he's doing right now. Part of the things that he does is he looks. He looks down from heaven upon the sons of man to see if anyone's heart is loyal towards him, committed towards him, um, perfect towards him, uh, sold out for him. He's looking. And what he says is that when I find that man or woman, young girl or young boy, I desire to show myself strong in their life. Like there's a very amazing promise from God. If we are loyal to him, he desires to show himself strong in our lives. So you think about your problems and mine. You think about our trials. You think about this world, what's going on in this world right now. And all the things you may be facing, physical, financially, spiritual, whatever you're going through right now. God is saying, just be loyal to me, and I'm going to show myself to you strong. But we have to study what it means to be loyal. And it means to to be faithful to the pledge that you made concerning Jesus Christ. That you are going to follow him every day of your life from this day on. And when you do that, when I do that, that means we seek him early in the morning through prayer, through the word. We seek him throughout our day. We pray without ceasing. We study his word. We come to church. We fellowship. You stay on that path. You stay loyal to him. And you're going to watch him show himself strong to you in ways that you and I couldn't even have fathomed, which he has. We can sit here all day and go around the room and and, and ask, how has God showed himself big in your life, strong in your life? What has he done for you? He's done so much. And he wants to do more. But he's going to and fro throughout the whole earth to see whose heart is loyal to him. And it's not being loyal to him 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago. It's not being loyal to him just in the middle of our life. Or in the end of our life. It's, it's all of our life we should seek to be loyal to the Lord. The problem with some of these kings is they start off strong, but they don't end up ending strong. We need to be loyal to the end. Again, it's said that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. I mean, it's a positive and a negative all in one verse. He did what was right, but not with a loyal heart. He was religious, but not with a loyal heart. He went through the motions, but not with a loyal heart. Maybe he thought it was part of the tradition of the kings to do these things, you see, to follow God. So we have to test our heart. We have to examine ourselves. But no doubt, the promise still stands to, the, to us today, who are the king's sons and daughters, that if we honor God, he will bless our lives. That is why we seek him. I don't read the Bible because I'm a legalist. I don't, read, I don't pray because I'm a legalist. I pray because I love Jesus. 
I read the word because I love Jesus, and I know that Jesus wants to bless me, but he needs me to do my part. Because if he just blesses us, like indiscriminately, without any responsibility on our end, we will become tyrants. And this guy becomes one because God, you see, he was not loyal to God. He just did what was right, perhaps when people were seen, but not in private. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. I know this. God wants to bless us, and the devil wants to destroy us, right? Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Amaziah, you're 25 years old. What kind of life do you want? An abundant life or a bad life? And he chooses the latter, you'll see. Verse 3. Now it happened, as soon as uh, the kingdom was established for him, that he executed his servants who had murdered his father, the king. However, he did not execute their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall die for his own uh, sins. And so we see here that as soon as Amaziah's kingdom was established, he executed the the guys, the servants, his servants that had murdered his father. But like I shared with you earlier, these men conspired against his father, King Joash, because the king treacherously murdered Zechariah, who was full of the Holy Spirit, and proclaimed God's truth to them in order to save their souls. They had him stoned. He killed, the king killed the, the spiritual father that mentored him for, you know, 50 years, he killed his son. He did so, so the guys conspired, yes. But you would think that this, this Amaziah, if there ever was a time not to avenge, it would be because his father had done a great wicked thing. It was sort of justice, kind of. Depends on how you look at it. But it's interesting that as soon as the kingdom was established, that's what he does. He kills the guys that killed his father. Why? Because perhaps he says, he thought, well, he's my father and that's something that I have to do. What's interesting is it says here that, uh, that uh, they were his servants, so they stuck around. Maybe they stuck around and served him because they thought, well, yeah, we killed your father, but your father was terrible. What he did was so egregious in the eyes of the Lord that we took him out. But when his kingdom was established, that's what he did. It's interesting when uh, a person gains power that you can tell who they are by the way they behave once that power is established. And Amaziah, once it's established, he's, he, his kingdom, he kills these, these men, executes them. 
But power is an interesting thing, is it not? Many people will show their true colors once they have a place of, of authority, uh, power. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing when a godly person is promoted to a place of power. It's almost like a dream for Christians, right? When a godly person rules, becomes a king, a prime minister, or a president. It's a beautiful thing. Um, because a kingdom, a country, should be run on righteousness, on justice, on loving kindness, right? And so in this case, he gets the power and he executes these guys. I've heard it say, be careful what you pray for, because you might get it. These, you know, promotions that all of us in this room have probably prayed for a promotion, higher paying job, you name it. Some for ministry, some for other things. Lord, give us those things only if you give us the capability to handle it honorably, with humility, with loving kindness, with righteousness, with justice. And uh, it reminds me of that proverb in Proverbs 30, uh, verse 8, where it says, Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be fooled and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. It's like he asked, Lord, just give me enough food where I, I, the things allotted to me where I still honor you. But if any promotion, if any position of authority that I might receive changes me so that I don't honor you anymore, don't give it to me, Lord. And this is why Jesus does things slow, right? If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the greater. And so here, this guy, as soon as the kingdom was established, he he took him out mafia style. But I like what he says. He he withheld the sword and did not kill these guys' uh, children, right? However, he did not execute their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall die for his own sins. And that comes from Deuteronomy 24. You think about how many people in the world today are you know, have great issues with guilty consciences because of the sins of their family members. Think about that. You know, that, you know, a father, a mother, siblings, or children do heinous crimes. And the family is is devastated with with consciences that are that are devastated and they just feel like they're the guilty party. And I love how God sets us free in his word. And he says, no, God distinguishes from the individuals within a family that do the sins. 
and everyone else in the family, though still shameful, and God comes in and, and, and heals the heart of those family members. And in the ministry, we face a lot of, you know, family trauma, uh, things that are not easy to deal with or talk about, you know, real shameful type things. And it's just neat that God, even within a family, holds the individuals responsible rather than the whole family, right? You think about the infamous people uh, of our time, you know, the, you know, people that are on the news, infamous. They've hurt children. They've hurt people. They've killed. They've murdered. They've done all kinds of, of wicked things. And their family members, how shameful they may feel or must feel. God frees them. It's not you. It's, it's the individual. And so remember that verse. It might be for somebody that you know that needs to be freed by the Lord. It's not your fault. And it's hard for the world to understand because it's your family and the world, the world looks at that unit as, as such a, they look at a lot of things really big here on earth, on this side of heaven, whereas we as believers, we get a different perspective. Yes, it's still big, but we see that God judges individually, even within a family. Thank God for that. Verse 5, moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, according to their father's houses, throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them to be 300,000 choice men able to go to war who could handle spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. And so we know that the kingdom of the children of Israel are divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. They're full-blown apostate in the northern kingdom. Full-blown have turned away from God. God's, God is like his judgment is upon them. He's not happy with them. He doesn't want the kingdom of Judah to be dealing with them. And here we see Amaziah hired a hundred thousand mighty men of valor from the northern kingdom of Israel, right? And basically uh, pagan worshipers. And this is what he's done. And, and we read in verse seven, but a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel Go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. But if you go, be gone. I like that. Be gone. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy, for God has power to help and to overthrow. And this is a very serious sin for the Lord. That his people, or that this king representing his people, would go to his enemies in the north. They, they surely were enemies of God at this point. They were enemies of God. They hated God by their actions. And for God's people to seek help from those who hate God, God tells us not to be unequally yoked 
with non-believers. We need to be careful to seek God, the Lord, our Father, for every help and defense that we need first and let Him guide us into how to wage war. The Bible says to wage war with wise counsel. You don't just start giving money to the enemy to help you in a battle that belongs to the Lord. Does that make sense? Like God, it's, there's, you know, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. When Christians go to the Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.